some examples would be what Google Maps is. So Google Maps basically they add on like graphic illustration to show you the direction. Uh-huh. Uh, if you pull up like the physical location. Yeah. So I guess you assist in terms of mapping, but if you look at other usage would be probably let's say you visit a physical uh location, it might be a tourist location, etc. Then it's possible to also embed within some graphical uh, information about this uh, location, etc. Uh, yeah. So in terms of like tourism, then like that's uh, interesting. Yeah. So all these things can be tapped on like digitally. Uh. So it doesn't have to be like manually printed out or something. So it's not only for games, uh, basically. Yeah, but the game one will be more, I believe, will be more VR than, than AR. Okay. Yeah. So AR. AR is supposed to assist our human life, like, in the near future. Yeah. What? Like, in the past, we were at the Google, Google Glass stage, right? And then we were yeah. like, oh my god, this is the future. Yeah. But somehow, the project failed. I would believe that back then, it was more of like, they trying to showcase, like, this tech is possible. Is it too gimmicky? Um, like, why would it close down? You know what I mean? Like, no, is it too I- expensive? I think a lot of it has to do with the backlash from I think that then like a lot of people are afraid that people are recording. Oh uh, like because it's a privacy issue. Uh. Without anyone knowing. Yeah, without anyone knowing. But then again you can hide a GoPro in your jacket or whatever. Yeah, so actually all in a day is up to the more of an ethical dilemma than anything tech related. Okay. Yeah. I believe it's an ethical dilemma. I I I don't know if it's true, uh, but I read somewhere it's because there were too many hurdles to go over. Like price-wise, mm. then tech-wise, tech I think they couldn't break some barriers in tech because it was just Yeah, definitely. I mean, too difficult they, didn't to expect, do, uh. yeah. they didn't expect it to, how to say, be a consumer product at the get-go. Oh, is it? It was more of a, I believe it was more of a showcase of okay. like this technology is possible. Yeah. But it's true for many new technologies. Yeah. Like, they'll go through a prototype stage. Then after that, then people will hype it. Then like, a lot of funding will go into it. Yeah. Then maybe out of like 100 adventures, maybe only yeah, one yeah. or two survive. It's just... Yeah. It's that's just... Natural yeah. market cycle. Correct, that's correct. how it works. It's just one of the few Google products that I thought were, I was like, wow. Mm. Then after that, I didn't hear any news from it. Then I went to read about it. Mm. Yeah. Just died, though. Yeah, but like, apart from, silently. I mean, obviously, for them, it has to do with a management decision. Uh. Yeah. So, end of the day, other companies, like startups, there will be companies that are still researching, trying to prototype, etc. It's only that they are not mainstream, so we never hear about them. You but do you see the, I think one of the latest videos from Google, so now their Google Assistant can help you do tasks, meaning they can order food from it for you which is crazy mm. like it's I think it's quite I don't know it's a Google Assistant but it's a bit leaning towards the AI yeah yeah and is using machine learning uh. correct, correct so yeah. they are trying to understand the speech of humans so they use machine learning yeah, to uh, understand and then from there they can interpret the intention yeah. then they will be able to do like certain functions uh. so they will be like let's say you ask for you speak in this sentence they are able to understand it and then process yeah but they the call request. the let's say you want to buy prata then mm. you like hey google I want prata yeah. then they will be like okay 
Then they dial the number yeah. all by themselves yeah. and they speak to the person selling the prata. Yeah. That's crazy. But I think the uh on the dialing mm. and booking those are fairly easy. It's easy, right? But the voice the, speech the, the speech, yeah. The speech is more of just uh because there's a lot of advancement in terms of machine learning in the text. Yeah, 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 correct. So text uh, and language, right? Text and language. So it's just utilizing uh, whatever that's have in advance and then they just put it into a, a product as in like a system uh, Google Assistant is a product and then showcase like what can be actually utilized from this technology yeah so in that way I guess it's the natural step to take uh, I mean makes sense uh, I mean once you can once the machine is able capable of understanding speech then it will be on some levels they can do simple conversations Yeah. so like if you're talking about an appointment most of the time it's not that difficult yeah. Yeah. So if they like like you mentioned if they it's a Google service, you they have access to your calendar, you know which time you are available, etc. And then like if you give like a simple prompter like Tuesday morning, uh then they will try to book a slot in Tuesday morning. Yeah. But I don't know, I feel like I'm a person who's quite tech resistant. Mm. Meaning I I don't really integrate new tech mm. into my life very easily or faster. So even now, right, I don't use Google Assistant because it's not at that stage where it feels like it's so impactful that I can't live without, without it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everything... Maybe maybe if you are a, re- a really, really busy person, then maybe it'll help you. I don't know. I don't, at my stage, I don't know why I would need it. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Because yeah. technically... I mean, it makes a lot of sense that you will replace your voice with your tongues because it's just way more convenient. Yes, way more convenient. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's the natural step to take. Uh, for yeah. them. So, eventually, it will be in some ways... Uh, I foresee in the future that smartphones will be like... Now, uh, you have a... It's just a physical form factor. Uh. So, once uh, voice command can reach a level where it's pretty decent, and most of the functions that you need on the phone, you can do through voice commands. Uh, new form factors would appear. So they they have this term where they call it the wearables. Uh. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. then you have watches that can basically function as a smartphone. Yeah. Then you have maybe uh spectacles that can do that, or maybe some other, or maybe a necklace, or I don't know, like some way of attaching okay. just a piece of accessory and then use it as a smartphone. Yeah. Well, let's go back to. Let's go back to VR. Hmm. Somehow it, it's not appealing to me. VR gaming is just not appealing to me. Because firstly there's the motion thing, right? Mm-hmm. Means means you'll get motion sickness if you are standing but then the VR is moving. Right. Mm. Everyone will get it. It's mm. just how our brain works. Mm. So you can't play any running games in that sense. Means no FPS. I feel like FPS would be like one of the biggest things. So no running games meaning what else? What what other games? The video talk a lot about the Beat Saber, right? Have you seen that game? Yeah. They always play in malls. Yeah. So I mean, uh for now I feel that it's still very early. Uh, like in okay. terms of trying to be very immersive. But you can see like uh, some pics of like how decent it can be if everything wants to work out in yeah. terms of the tech and everything and depending on the whether there is a 
I think it's a combination of a lot of factors that will cause the experience to yeah to work. Uh. So everything besides smell, right? You need basically everything. Yeah. So then another thing is that um there must also be a game that is designed well. Yeah. That plays to the VR strength. So VR strength, you cannot move. I think that's. I, I think the movement is not biggest a, hurdle. Not a huge. Yeah. Issue. Okay then. Currently, right? Let's mm. see. Currently, what games would be very fun on the VR versus the computer? You know what I mean? Like, I can't think of a game that is that's gonna be better on a VR than on a computer. Cause even the Beat Saber, right? Mm. You can play with the keyboard and it's still like freaking fun. Yeah, but you must know that um that the physical movement makes uh. it more intuitive, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. In a way, you can treat it as like a workout also. So you're gaming, but you're also working out in some sense, like you're exercising yeah. in some sense, as in there's some physical motion. Then another thing is, I think a lot of VR games that will work very well are first-person games. Because you can immerse into, assuming that the uh, resolution for all the all these VR headsets becomes better and better in the future, yeah. then you can really fully immerse in the environment. Yeah. Then uh, you will truly feel like you're in the game, like playing the game. To mirror. Yeah. Okay. So you will feel, uh, I think most of the first person games will feel really cool. So like, imagine if, let's say, you just play a very simple game. It can be just maybe uh, hunting in the yeah. forest or something. But now you don't have to physically go to the forest to do yeah. it. You can actually bring the experience to your home. And then you can like, maybe just, you know, you can go down, pick branches, if you can even, yeah. you know, start a fire, etc. These kind of things. Feels cool, I mean, in terms of a simulator kind yeah, of experience. Yeah. I think I can see that. Yeah. I think the one that I'm more interested in or it's more appealing to me would be the one where you just have an open space. I don't like VR games where you are confined to your home. So, for example, mm-hmm. for example, right, you have a VR tennis game, but then you play on an actual tennis court. So, yeah, you're going to have the experience of playing a te- tennis game without being, like, good at tennis, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you don't have to be that good at tennis mm. to play. So, it's, like, fun. Mm. And then you have the actual space mm. to run. I think that that's probably the more appealing. Yeah, so, in the podcast, they actually did mention that they did try out this yeah, correct. kind of, like, huge space uh, VR experience. So, uh, it's only limited by the fact that space space right? uh. yeah. so what will happen is in the future I believe that more areas would like this kind of experience would yeah. pop up more uh. it's already around a lot in the US not so much in Singapore yeah. but Singapore does have some uh, rooms where you can play VR yeah. but it's more like confined to an individual activity you can play with a partner for yeah. example I saw there was one like you're on a pirate ship then like, you have to fight off like Onboarding pirates, that kind of. But the US one has like, so it's like an obstacle course, but then you have the VR on top of it. Yes. So it's like. So basically, you're playing like real life laser tag, but just in a virtual reality. So Yeah, you can look at it. Definitely. Yeah, you can look at it, but then just and that. that because it's super, super cool. Yeah, because the virtual reality, you can skin basically. Yeah, any yeah. other things. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can, can skin the boxes. Skin the boxes. And so then can be team based. So, uh, you can be playing like a, maybe like just a PU, like real life PU, BG. So PUBG. Yeah. PUBG. Yeah. 
So then you just have to skin it. And if you want to play like Fortnite style, then also you can just skin it. But the yeah. area can still be the same utilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I believe all this will eventually pop up as attractions and then people just go there to play the fun time. So the old way of, you know, like, last time gaming used to be about land spaces. Yeah, yeah, just do land gaming. Yeah. yeah. So eventually, yeah, I think land has died already, right? Because everyone has their personal PC. Yes. So then, what will happen is that eventually, this experience will be brought down to basically will be what I call a land VR experience. Mm. Then, as VR becomes more widely used, widely adopted, then it will scale down to everybody in their own home. They also can use it. But yeah. obviously, there will be some limitations. I don't know how they are gonna fix the limitations. But I think a lot of the limitations will be space wise physically yeah. yeah but especially I think they can do some clever imitations I mean especially clever, in Singapore yeah I mean they can do some clever way of um, mixing mixing your, mixing the physical house space, space yeah, right? house space and the virtual space so for those that is more software we have to see yeah. Yeah. for now I think I have to try it once maybe the issue is I haven't tried VR once that's why it's not very appealing yeah AR-wise, I don't see it helping in my daily life. I would foresee that eventually, if it's wearables, you yeah. won't have to carry around a laptop. Because then yeah. you have a... Assuming you can project an AR just on your uh, yeah. eyes, right? Then you can have a screen, basically a virtual screen. Yeah. And then you can do your work yeah. virtually. Uh. Actually, that's quite scary. Eh? I think I would hate that. You know why? Because as technology improves right you thought you would be more you have, thought you have more free time because mm. it's supposed to speed things up but look at the invention of email it caused like so many like other issues like mm. spam and like now you are supposed to work at home because you have access to emails and stuff mm. like even on holidays you are supposed to be available because you have emails so but I think a lot of the the thing with work is that supposed to be more efficient but it makes you busier That's yeah a lot I mean. of the boring works right actually can be eventually will I will foresee it being automated I mean yeah. I'm not in the short term I mean in the long term cause all those tasks are very how say basically um, very simple very objective based so you are supposed to do this do this do this do this and a lot of times these are not the fulfilling aspects of the of the job or your work yeah yeah so a lot of work would, uh, that humans will do would be more fulfilling aspects or aspects that require more uh, emotional and then uh, more creative thing. Yeah. So all these would be the main jobs that humans will still be doing. Until uh, there's another breakthrough where eventually maybe like AI also gets to understand how to portray emotions and stuff. But that then would, the resistance would be more uh, of an ethical and kind of uh, societal aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only down the road that we'll see how it goes. I mean, we can try to predict how things will go and try to think of like a future where like all these are possible. But it's definitely possible. Just that how it goes down will be dependent on the decisions there and then. Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't know, a lot of people have been talking about this automation I feel like it's limited by the amount of people who have the knowledge. So for example, you say, okay, we can automate stuff, right? 
but we need people who have the ability to automate and these people are usually those who can code and they are limited in supply mm. right but I don't know I've already seen it uh, like McDonald's right cashier they really automate some of it to make everything automated that would be the interesting part it takes time uh. it's not gonna be a uh, like overnight thing overnight thing you'll, you'll see it progress slowly so uh, using your McDonald's example what I can foresee is that eventually no cashiers there'll be no cashiers uh. then after that uh, there'll just be uh, robots serving you uh. wow. and then maybe even then you don't even have to um, order it using a physical input like, like we mentioned about Google Assistant yeah. so eventually you just maybe just speech speech and you don't even have to be physically there maybe you can order through your phone like, let's say uh, I'm, uh, you'll be reaching in 5 minutes huh? so you can pre-advance order Oh, so by the time you reach the McDonald's, the, the order is already done. Like, because everything is automated. So then they just send out to you. Yeah. That's all. Hmm. So I think that's possible. So like, how about, more, how about more difficult tasks? Difficult tasks in, as in For examples? Example, um, let's say, because they have always talked about um, AI or blockchain going to take over higher level jobs such as lawyers, and accountants. So these two fields, they say, most likely to take over because there's a lot of manual labor into it, which possibly can be automated. Okay. Possibly. So the, the lawyer end is actually uh, much easier than expected. I mean, if you're talking about trying to find cases, citing cases, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and looking at other laws, end of the day, a computer might be much faster than you correct, for correct. searching and indexing uh, certain keywords. And yeah. So, uh, once that is possible how is that different from a human searching the keyword means means that the AI or whatever mm. tech will be able to know the case before you you know what I mean mm. that's quite insane yeah so, so because if they as long as they have they are able to catalog the entire library of all the cases yes. everything is digitized and they have all the law in digital format then there is a capability to search for whatever laws that Yeah, but the AI would need to know, oh, now you're doing this um law case, right? Mm. I know what other law cases pertain similar that are similar to this. Yeah. So there needs to be some sort of understanding at all. Yeah. Which so I think hasn't been reached. Uh I think to a certain level there is an understanding because if you look at like bring back to the Google Assistant example, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all just understanding of the speech and then relating back to uh-huh. to a conversation. So uh, once there is more advancement in terms of understanding of the speech yeah. on the end, then it will proliferate to other areas also. So if you are talking about in terms of cases, right? Yeah. Then they will be able to understand that on these cases. That's crazy. So, so then the moment that they are able to cite like all these cases for uh-huh. you, the lawyer's job is then obviously um. To distill all this to distill all this info, then after that to present it, uh, at the in front of the judge. Uh, that that, that to, to, cuts to, a lot of hours in that sense. Really. Yeah. Right. So all the heavy man hours will be cut down. Right. Yeah. But whether eventually would you prefer a robot to fight your case or not, that is more of a you know until then yeah. when the tech reaches that point. Uh. But oh, but I, it's quite hard to imagine though. Like let's say, so the. AI, we'll just call it the AI. The 
AI lawyer would have to have this maybe like a thousand subcategories and then like another thousand subcategories to distill down to the specific like law case that pertains to your own case for your citation. That is mad. But I think it's doable. It's doable. Yeah. I don't foresee it as a hurdle or anything. Because like in my head it would be like split like okay, murder then after that under murder there will be like split into homicide versus yeah. but I mean like end of the day currently that's what humans are doing physically yeah physically yeah. so what... physically is just people are just casing through all the cases right, right. and then they have to read through everything yeah, but they, your reading speed is limited yeah, as a human read, they have to read cases which by itself is enormous amounts of time yeah, so if you are looking at uh, AI, then with the processing speed, they are capable of maybe reading the entire case maybe in a few seconds or maybe in a few minutes. So, so if you scale it out, right, and you must understand the fact that if the moment the AIs understands one case, and then yeah. they can, on their end, they can tag it as certain categories. Right? Yeah. So the next time around when there is a requirement to search for a similar case, they would just use the keywords or etc from their understanding yeah. to find that same example. So that's it's like a one and done deal. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But that's the that's the issue I have about AI nowadays. I rather call it machine learning because it's kind of still a brute force kind of way. If I'm not wrong, uh, the how AIs learn is just trial and error and making like thousands of mistakes before they find a correct path. It's, it's not, I don't know, it's not as smart as a human would do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. For example, like they play, I think a lot of times people will cite machine learning with AlphaGo or the chess version. So basically they just play against themselves for weeks, then somehow they are better than anyone on the planet. Like, I think they made the, the latest one was chess, chess or something. No, go. Alpha Go, right? But after that, they had, uh, they had Alpha, uh, Alpha Zero. Starcraft. Alpha Zero is chess. After Alpha Go. So they just played. No, no. Alpha Zero was, uh, basically the AI had zero, um, human contact. Yeah, it? zero human contact. Basically, it just played with itself until it could beat the Alpha Go. <laughs> so that's a brute force approach, huh? Uh, machine learning is just basically. Uh, brute forcing uh. but humans cannot do uh, brute forcing in the sense that right. it will then waste too much of our time so the way we learn things is more of conceptually is technically the same as what machines are doing Yes. just that because we are limited by our bandwidth and by our speed we based on previous experience right. to so, shortcut, to shortcut. Yeah. so a lot of the way we learn is because previous people they have done so and it's successful so then we try it out and if it works then we stick to it if yeah, it doesn't work, we then we see whether we can improve. Yeah, when, when we see whether there's areas of improvement. Yes. So, a lot of our, actually, uh, our learning, right, is based upon, actually, a thousands lot of, of thousands of generations of learning. That's right? an interesting way yeah. of looking. So, in some way, if you look at it, then, what the machine is doing is basically what humans are doing, just that we are limited by our time and capacity right, and right. the speed that we can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you think, look from that point of view, then it makes sense that machine would likely one day overtake us. Oh. In terms of the learning capacity. Okay. Because they are able to do it 24-7. Non-stop. And at a rate. Yeah, and at a rate so much faster. Catch up like 
generations. Yeah. So right. for them, it's much more exponential than human learning. Uh. Yeah, the current AI beats the top chess guy already. Yeah. Which so, is crazy. So when we talk about AI, it's also important to distinct the fact that a lot of times when we talk about all this machine learning AI, right, yeah. it's very narrow field. Yeah. So it's very specific tasks yet. So ah, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. solve a single, single, single problem very efficient. Yes. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as they are good at it, then they can outperform humans. Yeah. But obviously, uh, when you are talking about humans, then humans are able to do more general tasks. So it's what we call AGI, uh, general intelligence. Yeah. So we can. That's the issue I have yeah. with AI now is that they don't have general intelligence. Yeah, but that is no something that no one has been able to break through. That will the other be, side. That won't be easy and it won't be a fast process. Wait, but do you think it's possible? It's definitely for possible. AI to have general intelligence. Why not? Because mm, no one has done and I don't think it's but a lot of things, possible. Like you see, yeah. if you look at it, if I was, if I live in the 1930s, why believe that there will be computers? Okay, fine. Then why do you believe that it will happen? Like, what are you basing on that the future AI is going to be intelligent enough to compete on a human in many, many different... You must understand that uh, currently we also have limited knowledge on what makes us capable of uh, uh, of doing what we can do of ourselves. Doing what we can do ourselves. So the brain is still a huge mystery. Uh. Correct, correct. So as we understand more better, it's like there's a likelihood that uh, we can apply all this understanding to so we, machines. That's so, quite crazy. Uh. It's like we need to understand our biology before we can create. Yeah, makes sense. Uh. Because it's, it makes sense. if you look at it, it's basically like how a software works is basically if let's say you don't you are trying to replicate a software right? yeah. what you do is you decode the, the software yeah. then you understand how it works then you just replicate it okay. and then if you want to make improvement from there then you can do an improvement right yeah. so what we humans are doing is basically we are breaking down understanding ourselves first biology wise physically wise then we can attempt to recreate correct correct yeah so it makes sense that if the moment we can come to an understanding in terms of our mind or how it works, that we can replicate it in some form yeah. or manner. But we will be doing so in the form of creating, how to say it? It's like different. Eh? One is organic, another one is like non-organic. So the issue is bringing organic materials mm into non-organic materials. Yeah, so I think that's the very interesting part and very crazy thing. You know what I mean? How are you going to turn a human brain that is like grey and mushy with all these neurons into something non-organic like a computer with all the... I mean, you can mirror that, but I still think it's going to be incredibly difficult. Yeah. So they have, they call, call this what? Singularity. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when all the technology basically reach a point where we can produce what we call artificial general intelligence. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't think it's a very single few domain that will I cause uh, AGI to appear. It has to be uh, multi-disciplinary. Yeah, okay. Multi-disciplinary. So like uh, advancement in advancement in language. terms of language uh, everything. So like everything. Yeah. Wow. So you're talking about like 
uh, in terms of uh, materials as oh well. Oh my god. In terms of so it's like can that's crazy. Like okay, let's say I want to study the brain, then there has to be advancement in the medical field in order to maybe dissect it or something. Yeah. To understand it enough. It's crazy. So then obviously if you want to make um machines all these then in terms of your materials you also have to make advancement in terms of your material uh, flexibility all these kind of things yeah yeah, yeah. okay so then it's interesting yeah. so it's not just one category so you, that well, as in you believe cost. in a singularity obviously like no matter how long down the line we will manage to attain yeah because if you believe that humans came from like a single organism uh-huh. and it's through evolution yeah. uh-huh. that we eventually became human yeah. Yeah. then it makes sense that we will still continue to evolve Correct. and humans might not be the last species Correct. Yeah. so it makes sense that um, we are striving for more evolution I don't know is it innate within us or yeah. we want to improve further our lives and eventually we might actually create something that could surpass us uh. and yeah. then the the next organism might actually create something further. You know, yeah. just continue to perpetuate and perpetuate. But that's quite depressing that another species, that another non-organic species would, you know, kind of take over us. Mm. It's quite unnerving, I guess. Most mm. people don't like the idea of that happening. Yeah, you know I mean, it's a daunting idea to, but one, to, to think about. La. But one, if you look at it objectively, it makes sense that it's possible. Yes, yes, yes. And I that agree. if you remove yourself from the fact that you are human, yeah, then what makes you so much more superior than everything else? You believe that there's gonna be a singularity solid. Actually, one argument that I've I've come across that I think is quite a good argument for AI is that even if it develops into this very superior thing, right? An argument is that we need it to kind of break through if we want to conquer other planets for example like things that are so freaking impossible now I think it can mm-hmm. only be achieved with all this uh, super intelligence mm. basically because these goals are so humongous and difficult that mm. I think it can only be achieved through superhuman it might not even be conquering other planets. Huh? Could just be as simple as like solving cancer. Like this issue has been so many years plaguing us. No one has found the answer, but probably a super intelligence with the internet of everything might be able to. I think you make most. I think more than likely humans would likely cure cancer before HDR. Is it? I believe so. You think that's the timeline? Or? Yeah, that's just my gut intuition. Okay. That, that is, as in, like, that is a more likelihood that you kill cancer yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, might, might very well be the case. Because, for me, AKI feels like, has, you have to have advancement in almost every field. Yeah, and exactly. Then, like, they, they reach this critical point where all the fields are, like, you know, cross this line or this, <laughs> right? And then, they can, you know, come together to form this... Actually, that also involves humans collaborating. Yeah. Which is not an easy task in itself. Yes. I mean, the the most recent one with many scientists collaborating it will be the 
image of the black hole. Uh, I think it was freaking amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Different parts of the world, each with their own telescope, doing their part to come up with this. Yeah. That was like, I didn't, I didn't realise we could, as a human race, collaborate that effect. There's another point of view, I'm not wrong, it's drawn up by Elon Musk. He mentioned that if you look at human society, in a sense, technically we are sort of like a AGI. <clears throat> when you are talking about an organisation. Yeah. Because it's so many people collaborating to one vision, trying uh, to do something. Okay. So in some sense, a corporate entity, or like maybe a country, you can look at it as a super organism. I see. Yeah. So, so many people are doing like, individually they're doing their part. But as a whole, that's how... It's a super intelligence yeah. in itself. Yeah. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. So if you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense. Uh, that if one day, um, all these AIs, as in all this machine learning, I mean for now it's still machine learning, some form of learning that the computers are able to do, then it will make sense that if multiple computers are able to do it so fast, and they are able to reiterate much faster yeah. than us, that they would surpass us in terms of intelligence. It's like learning how to learn, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, it's like what we do when we were kids. Uh. Yeah. We learn how to learn stuff. Yes. It's but just that for for us, we are limited by a single timeline or single experience. Correct. But we can draw from other people's experience, but uh, whatever mistakes we make, we have to live with it and then we have to move on with it or we have to move forward with it. But for AI, they can do it uh, so many times much faster so in some ways if you look at it like in terms of their learning like assuming they make a make an error and then they restart again and they learn from the error in some ways they sort of have infinite lives uh. so they are dying every time uh, yeah, in yeah. some ways and they are learning from that process uh. okay so in a way if you look at it from history then basically all the humans that died before us they paved the way for us uh. yeah. yeah never had that before but it's a good way to look at it so I guess cumulatively, once all the AI are able to die so many times that they surpass the lifetime experience of all organisms, then they would surpass us in some sense. It's interesting. I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't have the view that it will happen within my lifetime. Oh, I think our lifetime is long enough to really you'll be surprised. I mean, you you look at it. I mean, when we were much younger, there was no computer. Oh, the, I mean, you won't fathom that like your phone is actually so powerful that you can do almost anything yes. that you used to be able to do on a desktop or a laptop. Yes, yes. Yeah. So a lot of things are unpredictable in the sense that we don't know how exponential things can grow. Yeah. yeah. Technology does grow exponentially. So sometimes we might be surprised. You know you you know about this, um I think it's widely known, uh, but the more technology you have the faster you'll progress. Like the time taken from like stone tools to like let's say the steam engines like yeah. maybe a thousand years or something. Yeah. But then after that it was like cars maybe like a few hundred years. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Uh. Then within our lifetime with the internet. Yeah. I think after the internet it was just like the digital age right. Yeah. Digital age. Previous one was the industrial age. Yeah. The steam engine. Then the digital age is like even faster. Because the steam engine age was like a few hundred years. Then the digital age, you know, from 90s. Because the effort compounds. Yeah. You must know that all these like 
previous technologies are what laid the foundation for all these future technologies. Yeah. So as things go, then we will, we will grow faster and faster. Nice. Because it's a cumulative experience. If you talk about like just the entire organism, uh, just don't talk about a single human life. Right? A single human life is so short in the entire time span. Yes, yes. The whole, whole life, whole organism. So it makes sense. Very cool. But then, do you think that, like, do you foresee that, mm. that AI might one day, like, it would kill all of us? Oh, that's another kind of works, right? I think many, many people have talked about this because it's probably the most detrimental thing to humankind. In if, some way, like. If uh, AI was created. And the only way to stop it would be to program it to be like a human. So what I mean like, you cannot make an AI a computer-based system because in that case, humans would not be important to it. Mm. You have to make it like a fellow human. Means that you will think according to our ethics and values and everything. That is where it will be okay. But in that sense, how are you gonna do it? That I don't think anyone have answered that question yet. But it's probably the only way to stop a wipeout, in my opinion. Unless there's some sort of like fail safe where you can switch it off. But a lot of people have mentioned once you release it onto the internet, it's it's pretty much out there already. Yeah. So my idea I've thought about this question on both spectrum, which is like should we just go full on like computer or should we go like the approach of like trying to make them as humanly as a yeah. But then there's always this idea that no matter which route we choose, right? Yes. The likelihood that we will have a say uh in the outcome right would be close to zero. Yeah. yeah, close to zero. Cause uh assuming that they can become so much more intelligent than us mm-hmm. at a much faster pace, mm-hmm. likelihood that whatever knowledge they have will surpass us. So, whatever previous things that we have oh my God. tried to, yeah, 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 yeah. to prevent in some ways, right, would be like, they will be able to uh, sort of like counter. It's like a recalibration of yeah. its own mind. Yeah. Sort of. So, I feel that the likelihood that we can actually even control the outcome is close to zero. Yeah. It's very negligible in that sense. Because, if you look at it, if you look at it from, like, you're trying to cater it towards a emotion kind of yes. uh, way, right? Then, if... Not even emotions, like, yeah. the same principles and yeah. values. Same principles and values, right? But encoded. Enc- encoded, right? But assuming that it's so much much more intelligent yeah, than I you... I get what you mean. The likelihood is that, one thing is that they continue to stay on the, the uh, hard-coded ethical path. Another likelihood is that they will be so intelligent that they rewire themselves to not follow this ethical path and to in a way um, form their own ethical what's that called? set of beliefs set of beliefs right? yeah then would that be good or bad I don't know I think I think there's a point to be made there so humans are at this level right and you look at your pet or dogs you don't give a shit about them not like you don't love them or anything but like you don't they're not at the same level as you like you wouldn't yeah, but then again, a lot of people will die for that. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, but in a sense, you wouldn't see them at your level, that kind of thing. So a super intelligence would sort of look at us as pets, you know. Yeah. Like we'll be on us. Yeah, I think that kind of dichotomy makes it a bit scary. I think, in that sense. Yeah, but I feel that like no amount of worry, right, from us, right, as a species, right, would uh allow us to reach an outcome that is positive for the human race. So you think you always turn into a negative? I think I would. I think I would predict whether it will be a negative or positive outcome. But I will say that. The, we will have no say. Yeah, basically. the survival of our species, right, would lay to the fact that this new or a uh, new species, whether they want to be benevolent about it, which basically we cannot decide. Like, it's, it's out of our hands yeah. to decide. The moment yeah. that they are alive, I mean that yeah. they are. It's like you, are a possibility. If like, you if you really wanted to, we can. This is like, if you really wanted to, we can catch all the dogs in the world. And kill them all. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like every human will just be like slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah. So I feel that whichever way we feel end of the day, I don't think it, the choice is in our hands. Wow, that's... Yo, but then that lies the problem, right? Like we still want the choice to be in our hands mm-hmm. because we still want to survive and have a sleep, mm-hmm. right? So how, besides making them encoded, I see how else. I think, I don't know, I think, the, okay, for me personally, I feel that approach that uh, I believe, I will believe in, and would think that would lead to a higher probability of a better outcome, yes. is the fact that um, you do not hard code any ethics rules or personal set of beliefs into, the, into this new species per se. You enable it to uh, coexist on the same level as humans. So you believe that they are another organism. Yeah. And then you let them uh, observe and uh, experience basically yeah, um, I get it. with humans. Uh, like the interactions and stuff. And to let them see that actually we are capable of you know empathy or these kind of things. So it has to come from the machine itself learning the fact that Okay, humans are etc. etc. So So it's pretty much a baby format of Yes. And another a different entity. Yes. That is looking at its surroundings yeah. and learning yeah. by itself. Yeah. That's freaking Because I believe that if we were to hard code it within a system. It'll be twisted somehow yeah. into our detriment. Yes. Know. Because Yes, I had we we have yeah, to yeah, we have to treat it with certain amount of respect. And that you cannot that you can't be controlled yes kinda. yeah so you have to give that in a way you have to throw yourself into deep waters but I think fear wouldn't let that happen though. yeah I yeah fear wouldn't let that happen. yeah so that's just, that's just my point of view la, but I believe that's the way to go if you want to create something that would be benevolent enough to to treat us as equal because if if you go about um at the get-go, right, to attempt to try to control it, right? Yeah. Then, I believe there will be negative repercussions, right? Because you don't, you, at the get-go, you really don't treat it as someone of equal standing, or someone of, that deserves respect, or anything. Yeah. Right? So, why would they, in return, provide you with that? Also. Or maybe, in some ways, probably, uh, there will be a gradient, or maybe people will choose to slowly 
digitize themselves or maybe like sim symbiosis like maybe you partial machine partial human yeah, organic and inorganic mm. so maybe that could be another possibility yeah. so it's not like a straight jump towards a new creation of a, okay. a new, new like a non-organic organic thing so in that scenario I think it more if it's a more gradual phase then end of the day I think all of us will become like kind of inorganic and organic okay. in some ways or maybe there could also be another possibility is we just like we could 3D print organic tissues. <laughs> this sounds like Westworld, right? I mean, like, the moment you could 3D print some organic tissue, then in some ways, um, like, a sentient, as in, an AGI can be implanted. implanted in. Then in some ways, they are destructible. I mean, a 3D tissue uh... is still organic. So, that could be one way of preventing uh, the, how to say, a catastrophic uh, destruction of the entire human race because you, you are afraid that they might gain control right? yeah. yeah wait 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 but speaking of this organic 3D printing <laughs> let's talk about Westworld for a bit yeah let's talk about Westworld yeah so Westworld I would say they are AI but they operate under a set of pre-coded char- characteristics already hmm. which I think it's very interesting in the sense that that is probably the next jump in terms of AI development. But even then, right, they are only able to act according to whatever they are pre-programmed. Mm. Means they are not able to sort of step outside their lines. Mm. Yeah. I think that would be quite good. Uh. Yeah. So in the show, they actually explore the idea that um, basically virtual world is created using all these AIs they are yeah. coded uh, and there's a certain play that in the sense that they are allowed to uh, certain dialogues uh, will be like hard coded yeah. but they are able to what's that called interact with, yeah, the, interact world, right? with the world uh, freely uh. Yeah. so there's some form of um, thinking it, yeah. in a way yeah. and then eventually obviously spoiler alert what happens is basically uh, some of the robots became of sentient, sentient right? in that sense no, but they only became sentient because it was sort of coded, mm. right? Yeah. But then there was this, uh, who's that girl with the daughter? Uh, maybe it's, I'm not maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's. She's the only one who wasn't coded, but then based on the her love with her daughter, she managed to break out of the code or something. Mm. Like, sort of like sci-fi, but it's very, very interesting in that sense. I think they, they didn't really answer the question of how um, all these it, uh, the AIs in Westworld basically turn sentient. Uh. Yeah. And I believe it's not an easy question to answer and there will be no decent explanation as well. So they kind of like, you know, just skip just over that. Basically on like, oh, because of her emotions for her daughter, then she managed to remember all the past then realize that she's actually an AI. So once, it's like once you realize that you're an AI, you're pretty much sentient because you kind of break through the fourth wall yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And that's when like, yeah. there was a switch. Yeah. So, so they didn't really, really explain it explicitly. Yeah, nah, so everything is just uh, for the viewers to decide. That's, that's, how, how, I, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, but like some of the, on the other end is that they actually showed that it was actually programmed in by uh, the doctor. Yeah. Doctor Ford, and then he created this 
AI called the yeah. main the main dude that was the researcher that wears the glasses. I can't remember his name. What's his name? Uh? I can't it's remember his name. Yeah. Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. Bernard. So it was the first kind of like, you know, sentient yeah. AI. It was sentient because there was no boundaries placed on him. Yeah. The so is damn good. Like, it's, I know the rating is damn high, right? But I still think that it should be. I don't know. I, I just think that it's too confusing for too many people. That's why it, it doesn't get mainstream attention but I would say they, they didn't get mainstream attention a lot of people watched it right. just that a lot of people were just confused about it like they couldn't follow because um, I mean even things, me yeah. yeah even me I stopped halfway yeah, because you must understand that it was a show that was showing various perspectives so if yes. you from the get go you knew that it was jumping around it's not a very congruent yeah. even uh, the storyline right? yeah, the timeline was more of like there's a lot of hopping around yeah. so if you Understand that the premise is as in the the way they tell the story is in such a way it's easier for you to digest the entire story. Right. It's something like Tom Cook, right? Where they keep jumping the timelines without telling you we mm. and to be honest, Westworld didn't tell you until William wore the hat. You know the scene where he wore the hat mm. when he was young, then he faced up, then he was old. Yeah. That was the only time where everything made sense. Like, oh my god this is like actually separate timelines. Yeah. I think that was a big review. Then after that, that was in the first season. Then second season, still fucking confused what was the maze and the shit. Right? Yeah. Even the maze, right, is not very explained. It was just... No, I think it was just a visual. Basically, from the AINs, it's a visual. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a visual... Cue, right? It's like... Yeah, it's a visual cue to sort of like load the program. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my understanding. Uh. So basically, the moment that they are able to figure that, They look at the picture, yeah. they will know, oh, I need to go to this place. Yeah. Because that's where the, like, the promised land lie. Yeah. What do they call it? Uh? The valley beyond or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's such a deep and amazing show. I mean, because it toys with a lot of ethical dilemma and what is one interesting dilemma whether like humans are above them kind of yeah like whether they have the right to be as human as us kind of right that was always the theme yes yeah because they won't treat as equal basically they were just like you know to to a lot of the people that were visiting theme park they, to them they are just any other robots like a or robot like, just like sex dolls yeah. or what yeah Treated with zero respect. Zero respect. And I guess also partly a lot of the reason why I veer towards the, you know, the idea that we should just yes. respect them. Uh, oh. yeah. Probably has to do with the fact that I mean, it makes sense. Right? If, yeah, you yeah, yeah. If, if you don't provide the other party with respect, then how do you expect? It's like karma. Right? Yeah, it's karma. Yeah. That's cool. Then they also... Um, I think another facet of the show, right? Another facet of the show would be this monitoring of human behavior. So <clears throat> I thought that was so interesting. Eh? Like they were trying to get this uh, cognitive understanding of the whole human brain to be able to recreate this like so-called 3D print, like more humans kind of thing. I thought it was like, wow. So like the park had a reason to exist, you know? 
Like, they sort of like play to the idea that, think of that if a product is kind of like free, <laughs> then you are the product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So end of the day, if people are able to you know pay, I mean obviously they do still pay your exorbitant amount to yeah. go to a park because like the robots require maintenance. You know, like with all the killing <laughs> and shit, yeah, you know, it's gonna cost a bomb to yeah. repair. So end of the day, like they show you that actually. Uh, all these corporate entities, end of the day, they might not be saying, they might not be doing what they're saying. Okay, we are doing more. True. Yeah. True, what do you, what do you think Telegram is doing? Uh? Telegram, I have no idea. You have no idea. I, I have never read the article on the company person. I know it's I based in Russia, right? Russia, right? Is it? Uh, huge donations to Russia. Yeah, yeah but like, like, the company yeah. is based in. That one, I'm not sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Why. But they got a huge donation from the person. Which let them exist. So, they slowly survive on doing which is pretty incredible. That's how Wikipedia survives. Yeah. I don't know how, but... But it's just like, you know, like, some people just have been willing... Basically, it's... Crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, uh, in some ways. If you look at it, it's just a... It's a decentralized history page. Basically, that's what Wikipedia is about. Right. And it's amazing that, like, how fast the wiki gets updated. Like yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. when I, I'm, I just like like we were assume. streaming Dota two right yeah then the finals once it ended like oh we saw the winner like, yeah on the wiki page like it's updated so it's quite amazing that like uh, so many people are actually willing to just do it now like you know the fact that they want to do it yeah I don't know I maybe I'm just a selfish individual. <laughs> Like, it never occurred to me, like, oh, I need to contribute to, like, Wikipedia. But, but, I mean, not in terms of money. Uh. Yeah, like, there was a, there was a period of time where they actually had some financial issues. Because, yeah, I mean, service-wise, I think they need money. Uh. Mm. Every yeah, month think, to upkeep. Yeah, but I think all these kind of things they have, uh, there will be some person that will be, uh, how say benevolent enough yeah, to yeah. just donate to help yeah. the betterment of true la. especially Wiki. like Wiki. yeah this kind of topics yeah so I can imagine like remember there was once upon a time where schools didn't allow us to cite from Wikipedia yeah, yeah. but then nowadays Wikipedia is so legit that mm. it's probably the best source of info mm. compared to you searching through like multiple sources of Yeah, yeah. Because it's so condensed, right? Yes. And it's always constantly reviewed, peer-reviewed. In some ways, it's always peer-reviewed by anyone that's reading it. Yeah. Because the moment you read it and then you find out that, hey, this information is wrong and you found out that there's a better, as in the, the, the wrong information, as in the correct information for the wrong information, yeah. you could actually essentially update it because it's crowdsourced. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, um, it will always be, as time goes by, it will always be the best version yeah. in some ways. Because there will always be people that are constantly updating. But you can change like, oh, the American president is Batman. But then the next second is like, yeah, correct that again. It's crazy. So uh, it's based on the fact that in some ways, humans try to be honest and good actors. Uh. Yeah. yeah. For course, for the benefit of everyone, you will try to be. You wouldn't want to be a bad actor. What what what's your view on everyone's a good actor? Do you believe in that? 
Or do you believe some people are just malicious? I don't think that when we were born, we are born with the idea that we want to do bad. Yeah. I think it has to do with... I, I am of that view as well. I think it has to do with uh, the environment that you are in, your circumstances, etc. I think there is an accumulation of a lot of bad experience that will cause you to fear towards being a bad actor. Sometimes it's also like mentally mental state like mm. you can't like what's that word nihilism nihilism right where you just want to watch the world burn that kind of mm. mentality like to get there it's I feel like it's part of the person and also experiences mm. like you need some sort of disorder I feel actually like subconsciously I do feel that like like watching the world burn doesn't, doesn't really feel that bad. Uh. Why? Why um, do you have that mentality? That's like a World War II mentality. Uh. Like you want people to kill each other. Kind of. No, no, I mean, I wouldn't say I would actively or uh, want that to happen. It's yeah. just that if that were to happen, I oh, feel that... It wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be a... Why wouldn't it be a, it be a bad thing? It depends on how the war, the world burns are. Uh. Okay. Depending on how what how it happens. If it's due to humans then I mean logical, I mean humans always fuck up. Fuck up. Yeah, basically. So to me it's like that's fair. If it's true, maybe like a catastrophic accident, like maybe there's a meteor strike and it just oh, you know, boom. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me it's more of a curiosity that if the world was to burn right, I would preferably like it to burn more in my lifetime. Uh. So I at least look at the world burn uh, in some ways. Okay. Yeah. I think it's more of a curiosity. Curiosity yeah. rather than you want destruction. Like yeah. appetite for yeah, it's not death. A, yeah, not the appetite for death or anything. Oh. It's just that. More like if it were to happen, like I want to see. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, I would, if a meteorite strike of like in a few months time, I wouldn't want to be on a I but but like, then like what would you do like you you will still die then unless no you wouldn't let's see I'm assuming if you get to see it means you are not the one dying I'm assuming if you are the one to see it means the asteroid landed on some other part of the world and our entire planet is covered in haze and we're gonna freaking die in like maybe twenty years Oh, uh, okay no no but I mean like that's terrible I mean like it varies like, I mean. If it's very it's in extinction level, like basically yeah, level extinction more, level extinction level, right? So then, like, we regardless whether the the meteor is heading towards you, but at least you get to view it in some sense, like okay, this is gonna be the end of the world, you know, in a way. I think you should watch a rocket launch before before praying for a meteorite crash. I think you have a same effect of wow. <laughs> yeah. But I think the more fascinating aspect is that the fact that if humans will be the one to lead to the entire destruction. That would be more fascinating. But would you want to see how we get out of it? Like, is that what you're curious about as well? No, I think I'm curious to see whether uh, would humans just continue to you know, go down a path and then just lead to extinction or would they like, like you know, like, try to compromise and then like, I mean, oh, uh, like, we're on a path to, to extinction. I mean, everyone knows that. I don't know. I mean, there are a few people who are of the view that humans are smart enough to solve 
any problem with yeah. technology, any problem that we get into, we can solve it. That's quite a risky thinking. Yeah. Right. Some, some things are irreversible. Some, I mean, the dodo bird, we kill all them. It's irreversible. Yeah. Right? They're extinct. So, I don't know about that. That we can solve every outcome. Because, okay, people either have a very positive outlook, negative outlook. Sometimes they will have a very balanced outlook in life. Yeah. So, people that are all on the positive end, they'll believe that oh, we are capable of solving everything. Then people on the very negative end, they'll say, doomsday scenario, like, oh no, global one is going to end of the world. I mean, like... You take one of the Yeah, I don't believe that. It's either very, very positive or very, very negative. But that's your... That's also part of your person. Yeah. You like to... You have to weigh both. both and and so, like, I mean, global warming is an issue. Um, it's not an easy issue to solve. I feel like it's only solvable by government. Cause yeah, so basically, companies so, will never do it. It's it's a it's a solvable issue if all the nation, uh, basically all the nation presidents, they just meet up and then they just gonna you know like. But we have already we've already done that soon. In secondary school, there was this agreement to cut down carbon emissions by this day, this day. I mean, all the talks is talks, uh, but yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, they are still working out for their own country's economy. So it's very, very difficult. I can't imagine everyone gonna be like agreeable on this global warming thing until I don't know what's bad enough for everyone to try. Like bad enough that everyone tries but also bad enough that it's not irreversible, you know? Until there's death. I believe so. Like Like widespread death, right? I mean I imagine there, like a, there must be certain amount of pain and anger. <laughs> only then there will be change that's so scary because in terms of global warming wise right mm. if it's that kind of death and pain right it means it's a world yeah so in some ways maybe the the likelihood that we will see a tipping point will be maybe like you see some countries being flooded and that countries being flooded uh, due to rising ice caps uh, or maybe like I mean it has already happened uh. I mean it has already happened but it's not in a sense big so enough skill big enough skill I'm talking about like wiping out like just one entire nation just one country poof gone then like people will be like oh okay this is some serious shit we should be doing something about but you know in secondary school we already thought that it's serious shit but like 20 years later nothing has I mean not 20 years 10, 15 how many image? I don't know man I wish I wish there was like uh Elon Musk for like the greenery, you know what I mean? Like, there's a Elon Musk that does, like, rockets. But on the other spectrum, there's, like, someone capable and smart and hardworking enough on working on the other end of... I mean, some of his ventures does veer on the sustainable, like, renewable... But it's still not his focus. His focus is still more... I mean, rockets... Okay, you can say, like, electric cars. I guess that's, like, pretty damn helpful, uh, if it's widespread enough. Yeah. But uh, it has to be an ecosystem. Uh. It cannot be like I don't believe the fact that if you just switch to an electric car is like green like bullshit. Yeah. Your end goal, as in your first point of contact with the energy, has to be renewable. So the entire process, which the whole chain, uh, yeah, the whole chain must be green. Uh. Fossil fuels, yeah. yeah. Because if you look at it objectively, from uh, from building an electric car standpoint of view, right, 
the batteries are still toxic, so it actually uh, not beneficial for the environment. Okay. Yeah. So it's only if you look at the entire skill, the like actually what what you call is the lifetime, uh, lifetime. And there's an engineering term for it. So when you are talking about cars, right? Yeah. You have to uh trace it the entire lifetime of the car to fully understand whether it's sustainable, whether the effects to the environment is sustainable. Yeah. Because apart from uh when you're talking about electric cars, they have this lithium ion and then all the batteries. Yeah. So they have to use all these uh, toxic hazardous um yeah. materials yeah. to create these batteries. So are the uh, hazardous materials or waste being I'll say disposed properly uh, as in this is on the company side then after that you have to look at how it degrades over time I think on the end it's still considered small scale uh. to me uh, um, hmm. waste disposal waste disposal probably not as serious a problem now compared to I think it's still creating a lot of no I mean it can be dealt with yeah. meaning that there are ways to dispose waste well but currently there's no ways of cleaning up the air besides plants you know so there's no there's no easy solution to to global warming versus no, but the, easier way but the removing of the house yeah the ozone layer. ozone layer. I mean the, all the environment carbon dioxide or whatever from the uh, environment right it's not a one solution will cure it it has to be uh, you have to approach it from various yeah, industries. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I so get it. so on the end of like company track, they are also to move towards more sustainable, uh, production sustainable development. Can you, can you imagine if only run plane? Unlikely that planes will be the one that are electric. Yeah like, unlikely. But imagine like the future. Is that even it's possible? Maybe or? the batteries are so heavy that it's like. No like I no. Mean, there will there'll be some calculations done, but unlikely that there will be the route to go. Yeah. But you must understand that um going to more sustainable energy doesn't mean you throw away fossil fuels. 